This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Blaze Radio Network and the Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So, man, we've got a lot to get to today, so let's get to it, okay? Uh, Hurricane Matthew rolls on. Flights canceled. Thousands evacuated from homes. Six reported deaths in the states. Uh, Over a million without power. Hundreds of reported deaths in Haiti. Uh, For those of you listening anywhere along the East Coast that have been or will be affected by Matthew... Um, I'd like to hear your reports, uh, 888-900-3393, how you were affected, what you're seeing, what you saw. Uh, right now at the uh, eight o'clock advisory, Hurricane Matthew is about 30 miles Southeast of Charleston and it is weakening. It is down to a category one hurricane, about 75 miles an hour. Those of you that aren't uh, familiar with hurricanes, and that's a weak Category 1, 74 miles an hour is considered the beginning of a hurricane strength. Anything over 95 is a Category 2. Anything over 111 miles per hour is a Category 3. Anything over 130 miles an hour is a Category 4, which the storm was for quite some time. And anything over uh, 157 miles per hour is a Category 5. And they are they can do some serious damage. I, I w- lived in Florida for quite some time uh, in my life and covered storms for uh, what seemed like a lifetime uh, working in Tampa Bay. Um, in 2004 and 2005... Uh, was never ending. I mean, it was the 2004 set a record for the most hurricanes. And then 08, 2005 broke that record. Uh, it was 
an amazing two years that we seemed like we were in uh, Operation Stormwatch coverage forever, uh, 24-7. In fact, in 2005, uh, when Charlie came through, uh, we, in fact, uh, or 2004, when was Charlie? Charlie was 2004. When Charlie was coming up the west coast of Florida, uh, we thought for sure, I mean, it was uh, dead on impact with Tampa Bay. And then it, all the people evacuated Tampa Bay to go to Orlando and north, obviously, but many people went to Orlando because they thought it would be a direct hit on Tampa Bay. Then Charlie made landfall south of Tampa Bay and cut across the state and did more damage in Orlando than it did Tampa Bay. That was pretty amazing. I mean, in, in, when Charlie was bearing down, we actually, it was the first time uh, that I worked um, since working at uh, the station in Tampa Bay, 970 WFLA, um, that we actually evacuated the station. I mean, we went to the station has a you know storm watch bunker uh, that uh, you know we practice every year. You know, storm season starts June first, so we you know we kind of broadcast from there. Usually every year we used to anyway. I don't know that they do it anymore. And, uh, you know, to prove that, we, hey, we can go live at any time during the storm for you. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it's actually what the station is supposed to do, and it's, it's really cool. Um, not cool to have to use it, but it's cool to have it. And um, we sent people, we were almost ready to flip the switch from the radio station to the bunker uh, when Charlie was coming. And it was a last-minute turn from Charlie we had uh, two people, three people, myself and a couple of other people at the station broadcasting while they were almost ready to go at the bunker and because we were ready to get out of there. And nope, cut short, we're good, we don't have to use the bunker. There were a couple of storms during those two years, and I don't remember which ones. I mean, I brought my family to the station. Uh, they lived there with us uh, for Days covering the storms. Uh, the bill, you know, my <laughs> my wife and my youngest son, my daughter, had not been born yet. She, uh, who my daughter born on the first day of hurricane season, by the way, June first. Um, the uh, I had them staying. They were, you know, sleeping and you know, surviving in one of the offices with the television, and uh, you know, and uh, that room started to leak. So I, I, being me, I moved him into the general manager's office. That's it. We're moving in there. You're living in there. He was not necessarily uh, happy about that. Uh, I say, hey, you weren't here? <laughs> uh, guess what? We're using your office. <laughs> That's right. My family's living in your office. You got to, you know, if you'd have showed up, hey, if you'd have showed up instead of staying at your house, bunkering down at the house, eh, you know, perhaps I'd have moved him out. But uh, it was a crazy two years. And Matthew, um, I'm sure, was devastating. I mean, we saw it come up the coast. No one knew if it was going to make landfall. The reports were that it would. A wobble to the east or a wobble to the west makes all the difference. It's gonna, we're going to find out exactly what all the damage is uh, today along the Florida coast. We're going to talk to... Uh, we're going to talk to a man who's a partner with Mercury One who's ready to send people down to help 
people dig out from the storm uh, today. Uh, we'll find out if they can get in there or not. I know there was an issue with the National Guard saying, eh, no, uh, not yet. Uh, but we're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour and see what Mercury One is doing to help these survivors. And and he actually lives a little bit farther north along the East Coast, and we'll see what uh, how is it affecting him. Uh, the Carolinas are getting pounded right now. It is not... It definitely is not pretty, although the weakening uh, is kind of uh, better, although it still means, you know, plenty of rain, plenty of flooding, plenty of parts of uh, the main drag, I-95, you know, flooded, not being able to get through. For a couple of years, uh, you know, in the last five years, six years, I, we were broadcasting from New York, so I was living in Pennsylvania, and I still had a place in Florida, some of my family was still in Florida. My wife and kids would go back there quite a bit. I drove that 95 corridor about a thousand times, and my wife probably drove it 2,000 times. And there are several places in the Carolinas that are just beautiful, just beautiful along that 95 corridor. And I'm sure that those are the places that are underwater because they're trees and they're green and they're wind- and a storm comes through. I, bet, I guarantee you that that's where. That's where 95 is underwater. So if you have to travel, first of all, don't travel. If you don't go out, you should be prepared. We preach about it all the time on this network, being prepared. Definitely. This is a perfect example of being prepared. Uh, Always have your hurricane. uh, If you live in in that neck of the woods, you should always have your hurricane readiness kit uh, ready to go and be prepared to use it throughout hurricane season. Um. I remember the first hurricane that I went through when living in Florida. And I, I didn't even know, you know, I mean, I moved to Florida. I was, a, you know, punk. Uh, and it was a Hurricane Elena, I think, was the first one. It was in 85, 150 years ago. And that just sat out there in the Gulf. My, uh, we, had bought, we had purchased a car. I bought a car that weekend before the storm. Storm set out that we drove the car around all weekend. That's how much I. You should be prepared. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just bought a car. I'm gonna drive it around. See how it holds up in the storm and the rain. Held up fine. I purchased it. Love that car. Uh, but things changed obviously because you realize that was really dumb. Probably shouldn't have done that. And uh, I didn't do it again. I took all the storms after that quite seriously. And so should you. Um, I know that uh, over the years, people have tried to warn, you know, the Weather Channel uh, always, always uh, comes out. I know this past weekend we had uh, one of the broadcasters from the Weather Channel uh, just be serious. Uh, this is not hyperbole. Again, safety and be prepared. This is dangerous. We got it. But you have to say it. I mean, I spent, I, I said, I spent, you know, forever covering storms, and those are the st- those are the things you have to say. You have to talk to the power company. You have to talk to, you know, all the first responders and what's going on out there. And the, and the most important thing is for your safety. That's all. Really, that's all these people care about. And then they care about their business during these times because if you're not safe, then their business is gone. I mean, it sounds corny, but it's true. So most importantly, uh, you know, you should heed the warnings. Although I will say, um, there were a couple of warnings that really kind of 
threw me a little. Um, one was from Shepard Smith on Fox News. Now, Shep is, you know, I guess, I don't know what I want to call him. We'll just call him a news reporter for Fox News. However, there are times when he, let's say, uh, it's not a line that he crosses. It's just a, yes, it is. He crosses the line. And this particular cast uh, may have been one of those times. Daytona Beach, all the way up to Jacksonville. This moves 20 miles to the west, and you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. It's not possible unless you're very, very lucky. And your kids die, too. (laughs) Come on now. I mean, absolutely true. I mean, Shep would say, if you talk to him, he'd say, hey, that's a fact. I didn't say anything that wasn't true. No, you didn't, Shep. It's a matter of how you said it, okay? It's a matter of how you said it. And then there was uh, the reporter, uh, Delgado, uh, Jennifer Delgado, who reported uh, early on uh, when Matthew had uh, crossed over the Dominican and Haiti, and she reported uh, something that really wasn't true. Patients picking up maybe 30 to 40 inches of rainfall. We're really concerned about Haiti. So we look at the area of Dominican Republic, and you notice what's different in this NASA image. You see all brown here and then green to the east. That's oh, yeah. because this whole area has been essentially deforested. They take all the trees down, they burn the trees. Even the kids there, they're so hungry, they actually eat the trees. Now, we talk about. Wait. The- damage that Wait, could happen what? with Haiti. This coming in the nighttime. Wait, Look what? at the infrastructure here. All right, you that's see good. all the lights. You heard her say, they eat the trees. Ew. No, they, honey, sweetheart. No. No, they may eat dirt. I know times are tough, but I, don't, I doubt that the children are eating trees. Although... You know, you know you're going to find somebody that says, look at this footage. These children are eating the trees. No. They're so hungry, they actually eat the trees. Now- yeah, no. No, Jen. No. Now, people are pissed at Jennifer. I mean, they were asking for her to get fired. Uh, from. Come on now. Chef Smith is telling you your children are going to die and you want her to get fired because she said children are eating trees? Stop it. Stop it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. We also have some uh, new breaking news uh, overnight about uh, Donald Trump, and uh, we'll get to that. Um, I will say that uh, while it may be a surprise to some of you that these reports are coming out now, <laughs> uh, I think I heard somewhere where there were going to be all kinds of reports on things about Donald Trump that would come out during the actual election if he won the nomination that would, you know, not shine a good light on Mr. Trump. I heard that somewhere. Where did I hear that? I can't remember where the heck I heard that. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Jeff Fisher. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I hope that uh, any of you that are in the path of Matthew or were in the path of Matthew along the East Coast uh, are safe. I was just reading a story about a couple who stayed in Cape Canaveral. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I mean, I've stayed in throughout storms and boarded up windows and stayed there and gone to hurricane, you know, parties and, you know, been up 24 hours a day at the radio station covering the storms. I understand people staying and I understand that, uh, you know, you feel that you're safe. Uh, in many people, if you're not in, a, in an evacuation zone but you're close, you kind of feel like, I'm good, uh, you know, I'm safe, I don't need to go anywhere. But we hear all the time from people who stayed. Uh, I remember uh, talking to a lady from Texas uh, who stayed, uh, and she was fine until the storm surge after. Uh, you know, the storm sucks that water and goes on and it rains and you feel pretty good, but then it comes back around and it just that water comes back and it just continues to rise and rise and rise and rise. And that's where your flooding comes from. And she uh, ended up on the top of her washer, uh, you know, watching the water rise, thinking that it was going to rise enough to, you know, drown her because she had nowhere else to go. And, you know, it scared her out of her mind. And her report was, you know, I will never stay again. And as I'm Reading about this couple in Cape Canaveral who stayed, and he said they were uh, told to evacuate, and uh, you know felt like, oh no, that's fine. Uh, he said we were scared. We wish we had stayed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The roof flew off the neighbor's house, uh, and the uh, it was scary as heck. The description of a freight train is pretty accurate. He said. Now, I just want to, as the story is, uh, I read this next sentence. I want you to think about this for just a second. He's in Cape Canaveral, Florida, right? Um, Man rides out the storm about a half a mile from the beach in his 32-foot camper. See, the whole point in, in my life, to have a camper, would be because you could, I don't know, travel and move. And, hey, you know what? The storm is coming, and it's uh, pretty close to evacuation time. Um, 
you're in a camper. Why don't you, oh, I don't know, fill it up with gas and travel away from the storm? Oh, no, I lost power uh, before dawn, and I had to use my generator. Uh, some small tree branches battered the vehicle, but, uh, hey, the large trees uh, didn't fall down. And uh, it's kind of loud, kind of shaky, but, uh, you know, we made it through. Why on earth? Why on earth do you have a camper, a 32-foot camper, if you're not going to use it in times like this? It doesn't make any sense to me. If I had a camper and I lived in Cape Canaveral and they said, you know, uh, there's a hurricane, Matthew, uh, coming. uh, He's cutting across Haiti right now. And uh, people are dying, and the storm is a Category 4. And we're not quite sure if it's going to make landfall or not on Florida. Um, it's going to be coming up the coast, though, for sure. Um, you've got a 32-foot camper, um, and, one, and you're just right there by the beach. Uh, smart move for you to stay. Uh, you know, uh, drive a west. Drive northwest. Don't stay. That, my friends, is just stupid. If you're along the East Coast and uh, feeling the effects of Matthew or have felt the effects of Matthew, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'll be talking to uh, a man from uh, who's one of the first uh, first responders from Mercury One and see what they're up to in mere moments on the Jeff Fisher Show and the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Lawrence Jones coming up immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Paggs, all for your Saturday enjoyment on the Blaze Radio Network. Hurricane Matthew rolls on up the east coast of the United States uh, in uh, just uh, 30 miles uh, off of uh, Charleston. Uh, South Carolina right now. Uh, the National Guard not letting uh, any one of uh, first responders uh, down in Florida yet. Uh, at least I don't think so. They certainly weren't letting allowing it to happen yesterday. Uh, Mercury One has uh, first responders around the country to help. I mean, look, there's always, I know this, I know that there's always going to be a need to help people who are in trouble. And there are always people in trouble. And that's why it's important that you know that you need, you can help with Mercury One. Reverend Ron Davidson is one of our partners for Mercury One. Uh, good morning, Reverend. How are you, sir? Jeff, doing fine. How are you doing, sir? I am fantastic uh, in Texas, so I don't have to worry about the storm. Uh, you are in uh, Virginia, is that right? Yes, sir. Are you feeling any effects from Matthew at all? Uh, we've been getting rain for the last two and a half days. Uh, it's just showers, and we need it. We've been very dry, uh, but that is coming from the storm, and it's predicted to last through into tomorrow. So, uh, what uh, now that uh, Hurricane Matthew is uh, you know off the coast of uh, South Carolina? It's weakening a little. Uh, 
Um, you know, but it's still devastating uh, rains and wind. And, you know, of course, uh, the uh, I mean, the flooding is going to be unbelievable as usual. That's what they what usually happens with the storms. Are you when are you going to be able to send people in to see what people need? Well, we've been on the phone for the last four days uh, working from uh, West Palm Beach, North uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we're watching and have contacts uh, in South Carolina, North Carolina. So we're monitoring this. Uh, I had a uh, team getting ready to leave today. And, of course, 95 is closed, and uh, we're not going to be able to get in. Uh, we already have some supplies pre-positioned that uh, they were able to start using yesterday. Uh, we've got about thirty to 40,000 hot meals that are going to be produced in the next couple of days. So... We're literally going to have to go around the storm and come back in and start in right. uh, Florida and then work our way up. Um, are you hearing reports of what people are? I mean, look, I, I have, was in Florida. I kind of know what people are going to need. But many people listening uh, may not uh, have an idea of uh, what people need. Uh, what are you looking for as far as people donating uh, more time, money, uh, water? What do you, what do you need? Well, the first thing they're obviously going to need is water. Uh, That's hard to believe when it's flooding, but uh, the water sources are severely affected. And uh, we'll be putting uh, about 100,000 bottles of water in immediately. Uh, The next thing will be personal care items and food. Uh, The part that people may not realize is that when they have a a mass evacuation, and we're looking at about 5 million people that have had to evacuate, The ones that cannot evacuate uh, often are the elderly that by themselves do not have family or what we call the working poor. They're the people working 60, 80 hours a week trying to make ends meet, and they can't get out. uh, So they have to ride the storm and and hope they live through it. And then their their employment is is cut off because the businesses can't operate, and they're going to be the ones in the greatest harm uh, over the next few weeks, and, and we've got to get hot meals and food and personal care items and water into them uh, because you're talking about 20 to 23 percent of your population in any given area. Uh, we're talking to uh, Reverend uh, Ron Davidson, president of uh, Gleaning for the World, and he is a partner with Mercury One uh, for our, uh, well, I mean, any kind of... Uh, any kind of damage going around the United States. But right now we're talking about the damage from Hurricane Matthew and uh, helping people uh, what they need. Uh, you can go to mercuryone.org. And I know that there's, you know, there's obviously mercuryone.org slash Hurricane Matthew and slash everything else. But just go to mercuryone.org and follow the prompts. And you'll see some of the other things that Mercury One is doing uh, around the country and around the world to help. And uh, Reverend Ron Davidson is helping right now with Hurricane Matthew um, when do you foresee this? Uh, I mean, obviously, when Matthew is gone, that's when we wrap up. But these take these things get out of the news, and then people think it's over. But it really isn't, is it? No, the areas uh, right now. I'm watching the the map on my computer, and uh, the area north of Charleston is where the uh, the hurricane will hit land with 95 mile an hour winds, torrential rain. They're looking at 12 to 15 inches of rain from there up to North Carolina, even to Wilmington Beach uh, in North Carolina, and it's going to take years. Uh, people right. don't realize that uh, 
a disaster like this to, to get the people back on the feet and where they were could take three to five years. Uh, and once it gets off the news, it is very difficult to raise funds. But And I'm going to give a shout-out to Mercury One, Jeff. You've mentioned it twice now in your program. Uh, if you want to donate money to a group that knows what they're doing, uh, Suzanne, Dave, Jeff, Matt, all the people there, Annette, uh, I want to tell you, they come alongside groups like Gleaning for the World. Uh, they work with feeding centers. They work with groups across the United States. Uh, we work with them with the flooding in West Virginia. We worked with them in Louisiana. Uh, we're working with them now with this hurricane. We've been working with them for five years. A lot of times your money, when you give your money, half of it goes to administration and, and personnel and does not go to the need when you give to Mercury One, it goes directly into the field and does something to help somebody out. So rather than giving money to the ones that are scrolled on the bottom of the screen and in so many locations, you go to Mercury One, and I guarantee you personally that every dime that you give will be used to do good to help somebody out. And I, I can I can tell you that uh, I know that for a fact as well. And I know that uh, coming up we have uh, some fundraising opportunities uh, for Mercury One where we have uh, dinners and gatherings where that money uh, goes to actually pay some of the bills. Well, the money that you donate specifically for the disasters goes to that disaster. I mean, that's what makes Mercury One uh, so special and so different. And uh, it we makes really it appreciate very unique you. unique in the nonprofit world, Jeff. I can tell you that because it. You know, we live with it every day, and, and we guarantee every dollar goes in the field the same as Mercury One. And uh, I can only thank God for Glenn Beck and uh, Suzanne and the ones that direct that, because uh, I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of hot meals have uh, been served in Louisiana and West Virginia, and now will be served all along the East Coast because of what they've done. I couldn't have said it better myself. Reverend Ron Davidson from uh, Gleaning for the World. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, and uh, God bless. God bless you, my friend, and you take care. MercuryOne.org. Help any way that you can. The people along the east coast of Florida being affected by Hurricane Matthew will need it all. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. That it does. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, uh, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course, Instagram at JeffyMRA. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have another debate. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump take the stage again to debate each other. Um, Martha Raddatz, global affairs correspondent and co-anchor of This Week on ABC, and Anderson Cooper, anchor CNN, will host, moderate the debate from Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. I wonder why they could talk about it in St. Louis. It would make it seem like it was all home. It should be fun, though. It should be fun. Because we have... News, 
from uh, Donald Trump. Uh, in the release of a video depicting Mr. Trump speaking explicitly about women. Several prominent Republicans, of course, have rebuked the GOP presidential candidate in his words. Some even demanded he exit the race. Come on now. Okay. Uh, I am not a fan of Mr. Trump. Uh, We told you that reports like these would be coming out. Uh, This is the kind of guy he is. He's a 12-year-old douche. It's what he is. Um, It sounds bad. Uh, He can be told telling Billy Bush, uh, who was, you know, it's inside a bus and it's Access Hollywood. I could do anything with women because I'm a star, including grab them by the midsection, below the midsection, between the between the walking things you use to walk on. And while it sounds really, really bad, and I you know, I don't know that he actually believes it. I think he thinks uh, he was sh- to personally, I think he's like a 12-year-old kid. And he's with these guys on the bus, and he's trying to show off. And that's the only way he knows how to show off is to talk like that and be pretend like he's a big man, Mr. Tiny Hands. But the rest of the world is all wound up. And they, you know, they have, uh, you know, they, there's no excuse for it. You should be wound up, and he'll get beat up all the heck for it. No question. And he's already trying to spin it back. And he uh, posted an apology uh, last night online. Uh, I should have time to play it here. Uh, let's, Let's listen to Mr. Trump and his apology. I've never said I'm a perfect person, nor pretended to be someone that I'm not. I've said and done things I regret. And the words released today on this more than a decade-old video are one of them. Anyone who knows me knows these words don't reflect who I am. Uh-huh. I said it, I was wrong, and I apologize. I've traveled the country talking about change for America. But my travels have also changed me. I've spent time with grieving mothers who've lost their children, laid-off workers whose jobs have gone to other countries, and people from all walks of life who just want a better future. I have gotten to know the great people of our country, and I've been humbled by the faith they placed in me. I pledge to be a better man tomorrow and will never, ever let you down. Let's be honest. We're living in the real world. This is nothing more than a distraction from the important issues we're facing today. We're losing our jobs. We're less safe than we were eight years ago. And Washington is totally broken. Hillary Clinton and her kind have run our country into the ground. I've said some foolish things, but there's a big difference between the words and actions of other people. Bill Clinton has actually abused women, and Hillary has bullied, attacked, shamed, and intimidated his victims. We will discuss this more in the coming days. See you at the debate on Sunday. Oh, I know you're going to discuss it more in the coming days because they aren't going to let it go. They're going to drive this right into the ground. Uh, on a side note, um, WikiLeaks uh, just uh, released uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton speeches to uh, Wall Street, uh, comments that she you know, said were private. 
And it'll be interesting to hear what she told Wall Street. Because I'm betting she told them a little bit opposite of what she tells you and me. I'm guessing. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I doubt it. But I could be wrong. Could be wrong. (laughs) So that'll be interesting. I haven't had an opportunity to go through and read uh, her speeches. Uh, to Wall Street that uh, WikiLeaks uh, released, but that that'll be interesting. We'll we'll have that to cover during the debate. Hopefully, uh, we'll have the video, uh, the recording of Donald on the bus saying that he could uh, um, do what he wanted with women. Uh, I'm really uh, look. Everyone is going to be wound up about it, and they're going to release their their horror of Donald Trump's chat on a bus. Uh, Liz Cheney, uh, as a mother of three daughters and two young sons, I'm disgusted by Trump's locker room banter. His appalling comments are indefensible. Yes, they are. But... He's alone on a bus with a bunch of guys showing off. He's a 12-year-old douche, and this is the only way he knows how to make himself sound good is to say, hey, I can do anything I want with these women, okay? I'm a star. All you got to do is grab them by the, you know, midsection, below the waist, lower extremity. It's all you got to do, and kiss them. Then they'll love you. (laughs) I mean, it's really, it's bad. It's bad. Don, Don, you know better. But he really doesn't know better. He really doesn't. And we told you that from the very beginning. He really doesn't know better. This is when he was a stupid, you know, reality show TV star trying to be a big shot with these Access Hollywood people on a bus. And he he just just reverts back to being a 12-year-old douche. I mean, he can't help himself can't help himself. In other news, he's still running for president of the United States. <laughs> Yay. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Nice to have you along. Those of you on the East Coast uh, bearing down, uh, hunkering down from Hurricane Matthew, be safe. Uh, Those of you that are coming outside to view the aftermath, uh, I hope it wasn't as bad as what you
you know, what you think it's going to be. And some of it is going to be really bad. I know. I know. I've been there. So Mercury One will be there to help you soon. You know, scientists believe the first person to live to a 1,000 years old has already been born. Did you know that? Did you know that? Uh, it could possibly be me. I, You know, I don't know. I'm willing to do it. I am willing to do it. I mean, you know, there's plenty of people trying to be immortal. Uh, plenty of plenty of people uh, spending millions of dollars on themselves and others to be immortal and to live forever. Uh, let alone trying to maybe, you know, be the, you know, have the, the computer hardwired into your into your brain so it's you forever. We all saw the movie. But that really doesn't count. Does it? No. Now, I see an interactive chart that I just saw that shows when and how you're most likely to die. And it's fascinating because, look, we all want to, I mean, maybe you don't want to live forever. Maybe you don't. But many people do. Right? Many people do. And so when you see the interactive charts on how you're most likely to die, you start reading, hmm, wonder what uh, is going on. Now, to create this chart, uh, the scientists use data from the CDC's underlying cause of death database. They love the CDC's underlying cause of death database. Um, it's a rather bleak collection of U.S. death statistics. And it's using information obtained from, uh, you know, death certificates, uh, the database catalogs, death based on age, race, gender, year, cause of death. Now, this chart asks you sex, race, and age. And then it tells you how you're most likely to die at what age you're at. Right? So, as I took this, it was fascinating to me to see... You know how long you're gonna live, and if you're going to live that long. Now, scientists believe that you're going to the peop- the person who is going to live to a thousand has already been born, right? So, I brought up the interactive chart. Now, I'm a male, white. Currently, you know, 100 years old. I put that in there, currently 100. Actually, I should do that, hold on. Currently 100. The chart goes up to, the chart goes up to 99. So I'm 99 years old. I'm male, I'm white, I'm currently 99 years old. All right? And it starts out, and the chart just starts at zero and works its way back to how long you're going to be alive? Now, if you if you're a male, white, and currently 99 years old, okay, you have a zero percent chance to still be alive at 100. <laughs> but did I mention scientists believe that the person who is going to live to be a thousand has been born? But according to this, if you're a male, white. And currently 99 years old, you have a 0% chance of living to be 
100 years old. Which I would guess that that would mean any age that you are right now. Let's go to age 45. Male, white, 45 years of old. 45 years old. Let's go through the chart. So let's pause it at 66 years old. I just paused it. If you're 45 now, by the time you're 66 years old, you have a 71% chance of still being alive. That's not bad. 29% of you have already died. Let's go back to live and stop at 75. 47% of you are still alive. That's pretty good. If you're 45 now, you're hanging in there good at 75. You got a you know, 50-50 shot. Uh-oh, going down, going down, going down, going down. 93 years old. If you're 45 now, you have a 5% chance of living to be 93 years old. And, of course, if you're 45 years old now, you have a 0% chance of living to be 100 years old. Amazing. Amazing. So, nobody, according to this chart, you're done. Okay? You're done no matter what. Now, speaking of... Being immortal. The Rolling Stones released a 10-second cut from a video of them playing in a studio talking about their new album expected out this year. They've been on tour. Uh, In March, they staged the first major concert by a Western rock band in Cuba. They played for free for an estimated 500,000 people. Keith Richards, who one of my favorite memes uh, over the past month has been, uh, it's time we uh, it's time we figure out how to prepare the earth. I got to find it now. It's talking about how Keith Richards is going to live forever. He's immortal. Keith Richards said a year ago that he and bandmates uh, Mick Jagger, Charlie Watts, and Ron Wood plan to get back in the studio in 2016, and oh my gosh, they are. Uh, Now, the Stones are performing this weekend in Southern California at Old Cella. That's what the concert is dubbed at, because the lineup includes Paul McCartney, The Who, Bob Dylan, The Rolling Stones. Now, I'm sure there's going to be Plenty of nurses and doctors on hand. <laughs> but it would be great to see these these bands, there's no question. Even if you have to roll them out in the, the wheelchairs, which you may have to do with some of them. But this is what's fascinating to me. All right. Ronnie Wood. 69 years old. His wife. 38 years old, just had twins. Now, Ronnie has four adult kids from previous two marriages. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. Now, I am, I mean, I had kids when I was, you know, close to 80 as well. I know how difficult it is because... Now you look back and you go, oh, I just want to, 
just want to sit in my wheelchair and be left alone. And you can't. You can't. Now, fortunately for a person of Mr. Wood's stature, he can afford to have someone go play with his kids while he's you know takes a nap in the wheelchair. That having been said on immortality, Mick Jagger, uh, another bandmate of the Rolling Stones, expecting his eighth child at the age of 72. And he's now a 73, or he will be 73 when the baby is born. Now, the Stones, Jagger's girlfriend is 29. God love him. I think, uh, I think Mick... I think the Rolling Stones are now, I mean, they are running neck and neck with Hugh Hefner as uh, being heroes of mine. Uh, They are. Eighth child. Eighth child. Now, Mick is already a great-grandfather. His... Seven children from four different women range from 45 to 17 years of age. I mean, that is amazing. And it was an accident. It wasn't planned. And so Mick is like, hey, uh, you know, we're not. It's with ballerina Melanie Hamrick. And look, look, uh, you know, she's great and everything. But uh, we're not, I'm not. I'm not moving in with her or anything. We're not going to get married or anything. I, I'm busy. Okay, I mean, we, she can she can hang out for a while and go be pregnant and have the kid and all. But uh, yeah, no, I can't. Uh, we can't have anything to, to do with that. No, I'm not kidding. I don't. I don't want to live with her. <laughs> I don't. Oh no, I. I can't, uh, I can't have the kind of live. I don't want to live with her. I don't want to live with, with them. Look, I'll give you some cash. Uh, and if you want, you can, if you want, I know you live in New York now. You can come on out and, you know, I'll get you a place in LA because I like hanging out in LA more than I do London. I'm not around a lot, <laughs> but when I am, I'm, I'm in LA um, I mean, you could, you know, you can get a place and hang out and maybe I'll stop by, you know, and, uh, I'll stop by and say hello. Now, Mick, whose girlfriend, did I mention she was 29? His oldest daughter, second daughter, uh, Jade is 44. <laughs> His older daughter, Karis, uh, is 45. So, did I mention that? I think it's neck and neck. I think it's neck and neck. The Stones uh, or Hugh Hefner uh, could be be my new heroes. And did I also mention that scientists believe that the person who's going to be a thousand years old has already been born. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show. We need to start worrying about what kind of world we're going to leave for Keith Richards. Think about it. Think about it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is uh, Lawrence Jones and then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Paggs, all for your Saturday enjoyment. Prior to this show, those of you that have been hanging around for a while know that uh, Mr. Mike Opelka uh, takes on uh, his broadcast from 6 to 9 on the Blaze Radio Network Saturday mornings for your enjoyment and pleasure. And, of course, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, you've got uh, the Doc and Skip show, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Chris Salcedo, Pat and Stu, brand new shows and live Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) What more can we do? What more can we do? (laughs) Oh, I know. How about Sundays? With David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that enough? Or you still want more? You still want more? Okay. Then Sunday, uh, before the debate, uh, you'll have Doc Thompson and Chris Salcedo give you a little uh, little pre-debate chat. And then after the debate, you'll have Doc Thompson and Chris Salcedo give you some post-debate coverage on the Blaze Radio Network until midnight. So pre- and post-debate coverage on the Blaze Radio Network, Sunday night. I mean, how much more do I have to give? How much more do I have to give? Now, those of you I talked to last week about my uh, gift from uh, Walking Dead, um, it has not arrived yet. And I would just like to say Walking Dead AMC. WTF! Okay? WTF. Now, they did send me an email saying, hey, uh, Jeff, uh, we're sorry. Uh, Look, uh, there was some packaging delays. And uh, so it'll be there uh, next week. Uh, We're going to say by Thursday because uh, Florida hurricane weather may uh, delay it, but probably earlier. And uh, listen, thanks. Hope it's not a problem. Let's see, you're sending me a free gift, and I'm going to be pissed because it's not here earlier than what you'd say. Uh, you know, it's okay. Hey, look, walking in, I got you. It's no problem, okay? I forgive you for being late. I do. I forgive you. It's already gone. Now, the box that was shipped and sitting on my desk last week that we talked about, and you know, I shook it a little bit, and I, I realized... After the show, I look at my one email account, jeffy at glennbeck.com, J-E-F-F-Y at glennbeck.com, and there's an email there from the guy who sent me this package saying, that sounds like the package I sent you. And so I kind of know what's in that package, but I don't want to open it. I mean, I want to open it bad. There's no question about that. I want to open it. I want nothing more than to open it. But I'm going to save it and open it as a Facebook Live presentation on the Blaze, the Blaze Facebook page, because I want to open that and I want to open the Walking Dead AMC gift. 
And you know we've got the you know the the fear of the Walking Dead podcast is up at uh, theblaze dot com slash radio Jeff Fisher show, but the Walking Dead starts on the twenty third of this month. Uh, I'm excited. I kind of think I know what they're going to do. Uh, we'll we'll cover that in a pre talking Walking Dead podcast. Uh, if you uh, all you have to do is subscribe to the Jeff Fisher Radio Show on theblaze.com/radio, so when a new podcast goes up, boop, you get alerted. <laughs> yeah, and you go over to the Blaze Facebook page and like it or thumb up it, and when we go live to open the gift, boop, you'll be alerted. I mean, again, I ask, what more can I do? What more can I do? I know. I know. I know. It seems like nothing. It seems like nothing. Yet, I know that many of you uh, will uh, will say there has to be more. I do have some news here that's very, very sad. Very, very sad. Uh, some on... Uh, Denzel Washington and Aretha Franklin. Uh, very sad news. On uh, Denzel, I got to open it up here. Why won't it open? Come on, bring it over here. Let's open. Let's click. Let's bring up the page. Denzel Washington uh, takes a plea deal. Uh, he strangled Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I know. I know. You didn't even hear about it, did you? Well, it happened. It happened. Now. I will say that uh, Denzel Washington and Aretha Franklin are not the Aretha Franklin and the Denzel Washington you're thinking of. Uh, They are not related, and they are just named after those people in New York. So, woo, man. Because when I first saw that headline, I got a little nervous. I like Denzel. Okay, Okay, I like Aretha, too. Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is Lawrence Jones and then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Pags all on the Blaze Radio Network for your Saturday. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Chuck in Florida.com. Uh, joins me right now on the broadcast, and uh, I know we'll uh, we'll get to a little bit of the serious uh, hurricane coverage. I know you're uh, closer to the West Coast than the East Coast, but before we do that, Chuck in Florida dot com, uh, what do you got for me today? Oh, we have some fun stuff today. I uh, I mean, as far as hurricane damage goes, as you mentioned, we'll get to the more serious stuff later. But there are some awesome pictures coming out of this storm that. Uh, I found some on Reddit that uh, are just really amusing, like uh, a sign eats a Florida man. There's a big sign in the water, and apparently there were people very frightened by it. 
Um, my, one of my favorites is this guy and as these dumb idiots that get out there and try to surf in these storms. Uh, have you seen the kite surfers where these guys hold these massive kites? Yeah. Yeah. There's one out on Daytona beach where the kite surfer just, <laughs> he hits it and nails it. Um, and then, and then we've got some, uh, advice from vanilla ice who now lives in South Florida. Oh, good. Good, because oh, I, yeah. I, I don't think I could go a day without Vanilla Ice giving me some advice. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're really going to want to pay attention to this because the Florida Democrats had something to say about it as well. So, What is the advice? Tell so me, the what advice, does Vanilla um, Ice want me to do? Ice, ice, baby, here we go. Uh, Florida Democrats are, are a little concerned about uh, Vanilla Ice, who tweeted out that uh, this hurricane is serious, and it's coming right at me. But I'm going to ride out the storm and I'll keep you updated. And so he posts this on Twitter. And uh, Florida Dems uh, says, we advise listening to your local officials and not at Vanilla Ice. If you're <laughs> in an evacuation zone, you should leave now. Hashtag Hurricane Matthew. <laughs> well, that was good. That was good. Yeah, Thanks, I Vanilla. mean, you know, it's, it's good advice all the way around. I think if you're going to ride out the storm and hunker down is one of my least favorite phrases ever used in the news. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I can't define hunker. You know, I, I've done all kinds of different preparations, but I've never had to prepare a hunker. Uh, uh, I personally have. I've, I've seen you hunkered in a, in a arcade shelter in Tampa. Thank yeah, you. I have. I do know exactly what hunker is. And I, have, <laughs> I have hunkered and I plan on hunkering again. It sounds like some sort of a roast beef sandwich from the West Coast or something, you know? Again, I have hunkered, and I plan uh, on hunkering again. I plan on hunkering as much as I can. All right, so <laughs> the, the, the favorite quotes from this Twitter uh, feed, though, there's a couple more where you've got people that are out there, like Bradley Beer, who says on the comment line, uh, please never have any more children. <laughs> <laughs> And then at Vanilla Ice from uh, Parker Fritz says, at Vanilla Ice, stop, evacuate, and listen to Florida Dems. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know it had to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. It's agonizing. So, All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the Florida kite guy, the Florida uh, point break uh, dude out here on the, the, the East Coast, this is right as the hurricane is, is skirting by, so – a majority of the winds are already out and, and they're past the coast and he's out there kite surfing thinking this is going to be one heck of a cool deal. And he takes off from one of these waves. It's about a 10 foot wave. He hits the top of it with a kite and that son of a gun goes about 40 feet in the air. I've never seen anything like it. All. I thought it was like, uh, you know, wizard of Oz time all over again. This dude was gone. And then he just came down and stuck the landing like nothing happened, you know? So, so he did stick it, and it was it was really really good. I like that. It That's was, good because I was hoping that he would just fly away. I was expecting that myself. I'm thinking, yeah, he's 30 miles off the coast before we know it, you know. But no, he came down right about uh, oh maybe 200 yards from where he started, and uh, he was airborne for a good 45 seconds. I've never seen anything like that. It was amazing. Nice. All right, so you, uh, you're uh, on the west coast of Florida, uh, obviously. I, yes, I'm aware of correct. that, but for the listeners, uh, ChuckInFlorida.com uh, resides on the west coast of Florida. Did you have any damage at all? I mean, I, I've been there. I, I know the answers to these questions, Chuck, but 
obviously the listeners don't. The, the listeners don't. Florida is a weird state. You could live in one zone your whole life and just get hammered and battered by storms. And then there is this magical invisible dome that covers Tampa Bay and the Bay Area. And it has just um, uh, amazingly in the last 34 or five years I've lived here, um, it is uh, just completely sheltered the Bay Area from any of these massive storms. In fact, even the smaller ones tend to go right around and, and they can't explain why. We haven't had a major hurricane hit the Bay Area since 1921. Well, I believe and, uh, I know why, but that's okay. Yeah, you can well, ask, you can, you can Elaine was another like. one. You mentioned that in 1985. That was one of my first years here. I think I was only a couple of years in Florida. Elaine yeah, was on a Memorial Day weekend, and it battered the coast from Clearwater. It sat out there for three days yeah. and just came in and out and in and out and just kept whipping and whipping the, the coastline. But it never did make landfall. We didn't have much more than a little bit of wind damage and you know some erosion, and that was it. And but, I bought a uh, Mazda RX-7. You're right. <laughs> so you, you managed to get a car out of the deal. That's pretty I, good. I, I like love that. that. I love that car. That RX-7 made it through Elena. That was good. Um, the uh, I, One of the reasons, some of, some of the scientific data on that uh, believe, and uh, Charlie proved that theory, <laughs> is that uh, when Charlie was coming up the coast, you saw where it cut short. And right. uh, south of Tampa Bay, and his belief is is that that shelf uh, in Tampa Bay is too low, uh, it's too shallow. So it's when very the hur- shallow there, yeah. So when the hur- hurricanes are coming up the coast, it's like uh, they don't get they can't get any strength from it. They can't do anything from it. So they either go around or they cut short. And storms so, uh, love the, the hot, uh, deeper water. And, correct. You know, anytime, yeah, it can stay in that trough as they call it. Uh, it'll build up strength, so it tends to follow that like a guiding post. That's and, uh, correct. And so his yeah. belief is is that because that shelf uh, around Tampa Bay is so shallow, uh, we won't get one there. Yeah, they're having problems with the cruise uh, ships around here because the cruise terminals can't get their really, really big cruise boats out into the Gulf from the Bay Area because it's so shallow. They don't have oh, enough bridge there. Oh, Isn't that horrible? I know. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's, I feel sorry for them. Well, yeah, I maybe, mean, maybe if the, they would uh, stop building – Yes, exactly. I mean, they're they stop building. They're like countries. skyscrapers laying sideways now on on the water. It's they amazing sure are. how stupid large these are. Uh, they are like countries. I stop yeah. it. Stop it. I think Rhode Island is smaller than most of them right now. Yeah, I absolutely believe that to be true. Yeah. I saw yeah. one of the newer ones, man. I could not. I was like, oh, there's not a chance I'm getting on that thing. You cut the Trump Tower off. You lay it in the water, and there you go. There's your there's your cruise ship. You know. So uh, I, I got to say that the West Coast did sustain a pretty decent hit, but it was amazing. If there's ever good news to come out of these storms, it's that once again, we skirted the major damage. And a lot of the uh, points of, you know, where it would have landed were major population areas like Miami and West yeah. Palm. They were hugely expensive, well-developed, lots of, uh, you know, uh, property that could have just been devastated. And it stayed off the coast there. And just went north where, again, the water was deeper and warmer, but, you know, there wasn't as many people and, and much less damage. There was erosion under some of A1A, so, you know, lots of the uh, section of the highway there has fallen off into the water, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah but, but, you know, for the most part, even at Jacksonville, again, the eye of the storm headed directly for Jacksonville, and it veers off to the west a little, or I'm sorry, to the east a little more. And managed to miss. It was 100 miles off the coast by the time it hit Jacksonville. 
So, you know, your wind damage yeah. is about 80 miles an hour, and that's a good tropical storm on any summer. I believe that uh, the undocumented weatherman, uh, Jeff Fisher, uh, said that uh, a wobble to the <laughs> east or a wobble to the west makes all the difference. And in this case, a wobble to the east proved positive to Florida. Chuck in Florida.com. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Stay weird, Jeffy. Thank you. All right. So I also uh, wanted to, I saw a report, uh, you know, amazingly, uh, Chuck doesn't want to report, you know, he reports the weird stuff from Florida, but he forgets the horrible things. <laughs> Just like him. <laughs> Just like Chuck in Florida.com. I see where uh, a massive brawl broke out in a Chuck E. Cheese in uh, Miami's Kendall Village. And I watched the video. It's pathetic. And now it's been a long time since I've been in a Chuck E. Cheese. I have been a minor fan of Chuck E. Cheese over the years. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, I've had their pizza, and I, you know, I eat their little trinkets of food there. Don't look at me like that. So have you. Stop it. But you know you took your kids there to play around and watch the rat dance. You know you did. So don't look at me like it was some big surprise. But I will say, one thing I like about Chuck E. Cheese is that you go there, and each kid gets his little stamp that matches yours, and no kid can leave, and you play your little games, and you get your bag full of uh, your bag full of tickets, and you go up, and you get your you know box full of trinkets from the counter, and you pay a million dollars, and you go home, and the kid was happy for his birthday, right? I mean, that's, that's what Chuck E. Cheese is. You get those little trinkets, and it only costs a million dollars. Um, however... This brawl in Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm not really sure what it was over, but it started and the whole thing went to hell. You parents all, all need help. Why in the world you would go to Chuck E. Cheese and get into a big brawl like that over whatever it was? I don't care if it was over a ticket that fell on the floor that, that you picked up and it belonged to somebody else's kid. That's agonizing and it's pathetic. And... I mean, I actually, I feel the same way over the ones that are at, you know, whatever restaurant they're in and you see those brawls, it's pathetic. People can't be uh, civil to the world. But now, Chuck E. Cheese, come on. Come on. Those little kids running around, you're going to be boneheads and start a big brawl in Chuck E. Cheese. You all deserve to be brawled. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. Yes, I'm ready. I'm listening. Okay. So during the break, I decide during the break, during the commercial timeout, I decide to go to my Twitter feed and I see, oh, the White House just posted the weekly address from the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. Um, this man is delusional. I mean, he is absolutely delusional. And I'll just, I, the, the headline of the tweet from at White House 
We turned a recession into a record streak of job growth. Continue, the title of the weekly address is Continuing to Strengthen the Middle Class. And he has, goes through, I'm about uh, two minutes in to his three-minute address, which is riveting. Uh, there are absolutely so many stats in this thing that it, they cannot be true. I mean, I, I, they do not have time to follow through on every one of these stats today. But it is, he is absolutely delusional. I may play it for you next hour just to prove his delusions, but it's absolutely agonizing. Just agonizing. Now, Halloween is almost here. And thank God that we've got some costumes that we can complain about and make sure that people don't dress like they want to. Because it's damn racist, okay? So Disney pulled their costume of Moana, you know, the one character that Rock plays in the in the new movie. We sincerely apologize. Um when looking for Halloween costume, a good rule of thumb is to find something that stands out, comfortable, and doesn't involve wearing the skin of other people's cultures in a shockingly literal way. Disney messed up on that. With a costume based on the Rock's character, the demigod from Maui, uh, wearers in a mock version of his tattooed legs and torso after an outcry from parents and other concerned, reasonable humans. Is that right? Is that what it was? It was concerned, reasonable humans? Stop it. Top it. So you can't find that. If you've got that costume, that's world class right there. World class because you're not going to be able to get it anymore because you're wearing someone else's skin. I don't want you to be a Scotsman. I don't want you to be anything for Halloween. As a matter of fact, there should not even be a Halloween. And the other costume that's been pulled now is the tranny granny costume. Oh, no. Oh, no. The tranny granny costume has been pulled? Yes, it has been pulled. Now, to be fair, in the picture, the the tranny granny has a cigarette and a broom and stockings on. Uh, Those are not uh, part of the costume. But you will get the dress. Uh, You will get the... uh, you will get the the uh, the butt push outer. I forget what it's called now. It's it is a, it's a called a butt push outer, and and you will it's a butt booster. But I prefer the butt push outer, and uh, you will get uh, the cap, but you're not going to be able to find it. And don't you dare, don't you dare wear a dress from your wife's closet and call yourself the tranny granny. How dare you! Agonizing. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 
888-900-3393 is the phone number. If you'd like to participate, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Uh, Lawrence Jones awaiting to go on the air an hour from now on the Blaze Radio Network as he follows me. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs, all your Saturday lineup on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, prior to my broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network, Saturdays, 9 to noon, you have Michael Pelka, 6 to 9. Uh, starting your Saturday morning right off into a fine, fine ride. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have got stack of stuff, stack of stuff to get to. And yet I made the mistake of going to Twitter. I love Twitter. It's one of my favorite social media things. There's other social media I do that I don't like to talk about. But I love Twitter. Okay, Now, let me say this. I shouldn't have done that. Because I started scrolling through my timeline and I found um, the president of the United States. Uh, And he was giving his Saturday address. This little Saturday. Can't take it. And so I thought, let's let's hear what Barack is saying. I mean, Mr. President. President Obama is saying. And he is delusional. Now, I'm going to play it for you. And then sometime, either next week or during the week on the Glenn Beck program, uh, we're going to break this thing out. Because his facts drive me insane. Here's two pieces of good advice. Number one. So that's my computer, by the way, because what I was doing is listening to the president and I shouldn't have. And now I was looking at another story and, of course, the pop-up ad starts playing. Eh, That's okay. If it was the president's video that had the pop-up ad, I might say, good, I can stop listening now. But no. No, it wasn't the president. The president at White House doesn't have a pop-up ad, does it? No. I have to continue to listen. So I'm going to see if I can get through the three minutes. Let's see if you and I together. And get through the three minutes of the president's weekly Saturday address. I just want you to take what he's telling you in. Because you know in your heart, in your soul, in every ounce of being in you. <laughs> it is not the truth. All right, go ahead. Let me. Hi, everybody. Eight years ago, we were in the early stages of what would become the worst economic crisis of our lifetimes. Under your presence. It was a scary time. We didn't even know where the bottom would be. But thanks to your hard work and your determination and some smart decisions we made, today's a different story. Oh. We turned a recession into a record streak of job growth, creating oh. more than 15 million new private sector jobs and cutting oh. the unemployment rate in half. Getting wages to rise again was a harder task. Even before the recession, working Americans faced decades of slow wage growth. Between 1980 and 2007, real wages barely grew each year. But because the policies we put in place are working, working families are finally seeing their wages and incomes rise too. 
Since 2012, wages have grown around 20 times faster than they did over the almost three decades between 1980 and 2007. Last year, folks' typical household income rose by $2,800. Did it? That's the single biggest increase on record. You like your and across every you race and age group in America, incomes rose and poverty rates fell. We lifted 3.5 million people out of poverty the largest one-year drop in the poverty rate since 1968. Mm-hmm. What's more, lower- and middle-income families saw more. the biggest boost in incomes, in part because 18 states and the district, as well as more than 50 communities, have given millions of Americans a raise by raising the minimum wage. And states that have raised their minimum wage have seen stronger earnings growth in low-wage jobs compared to states that have not. Strengthening benefits at work helps, too. Last week, for example, I took action to make sure up to one million more workers can earn seven days of paid sick leave on the job. We're also helping states expand opportunities for workers to save for retirement. But there's a lot more we should do to strengthen the middle class and help more Americans get ahead. Yes, there is. Making child care more affordable, for example. Uh, Making sure women earn equal pay for equal work. They do. Guaranteeing paid family and sick leave increasing the federal minimum wage, preparing workers for the jobs of the future, and closing tax loopholes that benefit just the wealthy and big corporations. You can do that anytime. And we just need a Congress that cares about these issues, one that will finally put politics aside and act on these <laughs> common-sense ideas. And that's how we'll build on the progress aside. we've that's made over these past eight you. years and achieve one thing we should all agree on, securing a brighter future for all of our children. Thanks, everybody, and have a great weekend. Oh, my gosh. This freaking guy. It was nice of him to say a prayer for all the people affected by the storm. Oh, that's right. He had a little press conference uh, calling it a a disaster so that he could, you know, unload some government money and disaster relief funds to the to the states in need, which was nice of him. Um. Uh, but no, no climate change talk. Huh, weird. This freaking guy. I don't even know why I did that. I do know. You know why I did that? Because I was watching a video on the storm on Hurricane Matthew, and I hadn't finished my MetaFast strawberry yogurt bar. <laughs> so I thought, hey, I'll see if I can make it through the Hurricane Matthew video. Watching this, watching the video from CNN, which I love their graphics, uh, by the way. Uh, and uh, I'll eat my strawberry yogurt bar, and I'll see if I can make it through the president's weekly address. I did make it through, but only because I wanted to get through my strawberry yogurt bar from Metafest, which was outstanding, by the way. Outstanding. Now, uh, for you that were sitting at home going... Please stop it. Please stop it. Please, please, Jeff, 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 please, please, please. I apologize. I'm sorry. But, I mean, we'll break that down. It's just, it's fascinating to me how he's so delusional after eight years. But I guess, you know, nothing has really changed, has it? 
All right, so on this program, we've talked quite a bit about uh, what's changing in uh, media and what's uh, you know what's happening. Of course, uh, you've got uh, California uh, saying they're going to start uh, taxing uh, Netflix. Uh, so they want to, you know, hey, we need to start taxing Netflix. Uh-huh, that'd be great. That's what we need to do. Right. Well, a tax will help that. That's what will happen. That'd be good. So city officials uh, in L.A. for sure uh, and city officials in Pasadena have been mulling an existing cable TV tax to tax those subscribed to platforms like Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu in an effort to generate more revenue. Really? Huh. Huh. Pennsylvania has done that already. Beat you to the punch. Pennsylvania, 6% sales tax in August and last July. Chicago, and last July, Chicago introduced a 9% amusement tax on cloud services. So you're way behind the eight ball, California. Wouldn't want you to be able to not get any tax money out of Netflix. Oh, wait, you're already getting t- tax money from us. Why would you want tax money on Netflix? Uh, Netflix is being handled through the line. No, never mind. It's just you just want more free money. I got it. So Netflix CEO Reed Hastings talked about how theater chains are strangling the movie business and killing innovation. Speaking at uh, the New Yorker's Tech Fest event on Friday, movie theaters are strangling the movie business. There's been no innovation in the movie business for the last 50 years. He accused the theaters of having a an ogalali, an ogalali of the studios are powerless to stop them. He called it an oligopoly, right? An, ola, an oligopoly. An, og, an oligopoly. All right, I got to look that up. Look that up, John. What, what am I? Opelka all of a sudden? O L I G O P O L Y. Oligopoly. Oligopoly. I want to know what it means. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it's oligarch and monopoly put together. I got it. Uh, and play it for me when you get it. Um, theater owners have so much oligopoly. power. Oligopoly. 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 All right. What's the meaning? Read it out loud on the air. Read it out loud on the air. Oligopoly. 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 I'm going to keep saying it until he finds the definition and reads it on the air. Oligopoly. Oligopoly. I can't read from across the room because I don't have glasses on. <laughs> uh, stand by. Let me see here. I don't need you to fill time. I just want you to the tell market, me that- The market condition that exists when there are few sellers... As a result, which they can oh my God, I'm gonna look this up. greatly influence price. That's it. Oligopoly. 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 I'm sorry, I thought I was on the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are. 
Uh, a state of limited competition in which the market is shared by a small number of producers or sellers. Okay. See how easy that was? Oligopoly. I mean, that's pretty much absolutely what you said, but in different words. Thank you. Ugh. Oligopoly. There's something that Netflix knows a little something about. The major theater chains have taken a definitive stand against Netflix movies due to their strategy of releasing them simultaneously online. Yeah, they're pissed. Now, we've talked about this at length of what how the cable – look, the, the theaters are dying on the vine. Now, he claims, which I think is actually wrong, um, he s- claims that there has been no innovation in uh, the theater business. And uh, he's got a deal starting up next year with uh, IPIC – theaters in Los Angeles and New York City, and the company is going to have the option of showing them uh, in other locations as well. But Netflix is going to release its original movies in theaters the same day they appear on the streaming service, right? Now, he claims that uh, the theaters have not really, you know, there's been no innovation. I kind of disagree with that. I mean, they're still trying to hold on with the same old game plan, but there has been a little bit of innovation as far as uh, you know the theaters that you can come in, you can re- you can reserve a seat, you get food, you get waited on. Uh, I mean, so there's been some innovation to try to at least bring people in, so it's more like home in parentheses. I mean, they are trying to do that. Uh, I would say that that innovation and, and Reed Hastings could be the one that puts a fire under their butts to do this. Oligopoly, uh, is that uh, why not give, let's say, the theaters, look, you're dying on the vine. You know you're dying on the vine. You get new releases for a week. No question, nothing for a week, maybe two. Maybe two weeks on the outside, 14 days, 14 days. Do what you can with those new releases in 14 days. Then it goes to pay-per-view. And pay-per-view can charge you, you know, double or triple whatever the theater is charging. And you're good. So I'm willing to, if I don't want to go to the theater and watch a new release in the first 14 days, I can watch it at home for double the money I would pay at the theater. Uh, I personally, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do it in the beginning. You want to watch theaters die? Do that now. Pay-per-view it uh, at the very beginning. Release it to the theaters. Go to the theaters and watch it for ten bucks or twelve bucks or fifteen bucks or whatever, eight bucks, whatever it costs you to get in the theaters. But on pay-per-view, you can watch it at home for thirty-nine ninety-nine. Or forty nine ninety nine, whatever you want to charge, I don't care. Um, yes, please. Yes, please. And then you can make the deal with Netflix. You can make the deal with Netflix. We're going to release it, and that's what they're doing with the IPix, and then Netflix can stream it themselves. I mean, I don't see why. I mean, it's dumb for the theaters not to release a Netflix film in their theaters, new release, 
and be pissed that Netflix is putting it on their streaming service as well. I mean, that's just dumb. We want more choices, not less, movie theaters. More choices, not less. You know you're dying on the vine. Adapt. I will give Reed Hastings that. Uh, Oligopoly. You're dying Oligopoly. You're dying on the vine. What was that? Oligopoly. Oligopoly. This Oli- is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Oligopoly. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Hurricane Matthew has made landfall in South Carolina as a Category 1. It's made landfall near McClellanville, South Carolina. That's between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. Uh, This has been reported by the National Hurricane Center. Uh, The maximum sustained winds are 75 miles an hour. Uh, It was about 55 miles south of Myrtle Beach, moving northeast at 12 miles an hour. But all the uh, models still have it going up the coast and then swinging back out into the Atlantic and back around toward uh, the Bahamas and Florida again. However, by the time it gets to that point, uh, it's going to be a very, very weak uh, tropical storm. Uh, There's also another hurricane in the Atlantic out there that's pushing it back around, which will tear about some of those higher winds as well. Uh, so, uh, more, I mean, they're going to have, they're going to have tremendous amounts of flooding in South Carolina and North Carolina, and it is not going to be pretty, uh, mercury org slash hurricane Matthew. Mark, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Hey, Jeffy. Uh, earlier you were talking about the box you got in the mail and another box coming in. Uh, the box you already got there, you might need to check on it because it may contain Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> what? Well, Schrodinger was a uh, philosopher scientist, and the box that the cat was in, uh, if you left it alone, the cat stayed alive. Right. But the cat, at the same time, simultaneously, could be dead. Right. Now, if you open the lid, a gas is released, guaranteeing you it will kill the cat contained in the box. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. So, so by leaving the box cl- Okay, thank you, Mark. So by, by leaving the box closed, I'm keeping the cat alive. Crap, we can't have that. i got to open this thing right now. Can't have a, a live cat in there. Heaven forbid. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. A state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small number of producers or sellers. Oligopoly. Thank you. Toby, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I, I just wanted to know your, your general, not your specific about uh, Trump's comments, but his the overall comment where he said nobody's quote nobody's perfect after these comments come out we knew these comments were going to come out but yep. you know what i mean i mean nobody's perfect you know, like I'm, I'm sorry i stole your car but nobody's perfect you know yep. well, at what point is that not enough i you know I, I don't know the answer to that but you're right i mean i'm sorry hey i'm sorry sometimes sorry isn't enough you're right yeah and and, uh, and also I'm sorry. I, didn't, I just wanted to. No, go ahead. I, I wanted to. My my other question was: When are you going to come out with your book? I raised a patriot. The, the, <laughs> the Jeff Fisher, the Jeff, the Jeff Fisher road to perfect parenting. I freaking love that. I think I just fell in love with you. I did. <laughs> that is a tremendous million dollar idea. At least probably you know worth a couple of bucks. Idea anyway. Uh, thank you very much, Toby. I appreciate it. Uh, he's right. As far as that goes, uh, when is sorry not enough? I mean, okay, so he, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I said it. I said it, you know, but uh, let's look at how bad Hillary is and Bill Clinton, and they're terrible too. Right, we know. We know. But so are you. And, you know, um Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to back over your kid's foot in the driveway. <laughs> uh, see you later. I mean, sometimes sorry just isn't enough. And, I mean, that's just the way it goes. And we'll see. We'll see if, if this is enough. Look, is he talking like the 12-year-old douche that he is? Absolutely. Is he trying to be a guy, you know, Mr. Regular Guy on a bus with his Mr. TV star? Of course he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. You heard him on Stern. You heard hear him on the bus. That's who he is. He's a 12-year-old douche trying to think he's, uh, this is the way guys talk. And some guys do. And some guys have. And we all have talked, you know, rough from time to time. And I say rough by meaning that, you know, you talk that way, but you don't mean it. You're trying to be funny. There's a difference between trying to be funny and trying to be like you're a twelve year old douche, and this is how guys talk, and this is how I'm going to talk. Ugh, it's agonizing, agonizing. And I'm sure uh, Lawrence, uh, coming up after me, will have a few uh, few words to say about uh, Mr. Trump and his bus ride and his uh, apology. So you can stick around for that. I know uh, he was uh, he was already looking forward to playing the audio. I did not play the audio of the bus ride because I can have more fun just pretending I'm a 12 year old douche than just listening to Donald. Cause I'm sick of hearing him too. I don't know who I'm sick of hearing more Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. I can't decide because every time I hear from them, it takes about two words in. I'm already sick of hearing what they're saying. I don't even want to hear what they're saying. I'm tired of hearing their voice. Tired of it because most of what they're telling me is a lie. They know it's a lie. They know I know it's a lie, but I'm supposed to be okay with it. Maybe they don't know that I know it's a lie. Maybe they think that uh, I know it's a lie, 
and the other people around me know it's a lie, but maybe the people out there don't know it's a lie, so I'm just going to continue to say it, and somebody will believe it, and they're right. Somebody does believe it. And they just keep hammering it home. They just keep hammering it home. The debate should be interesting Sunday, uh, tomorrow night. Should be interesting. Now, Doc Thompson and Chris Salcedo will have a pre-debate conversation uh, on the Blaze Radio Network and then a post-debate conversation on the Blaze Radio Network up until midnight so you can join in. Uh, watch the debate uh, and then uh, get a hold of Doc and uh, Chris Salcedo and uh, tell them what you thought and uh, listen to their advantage. I found it fascinating watching uh, the vice presidential debate. I didn't know um, as much about uh, Kane as uh, as Doc Thompson did, and Doc actually lived in Virginia when he was governor, and it was fascinating to learn a little bit from Doc about Tim Kane, and then watch the debate and realize he is uh, he's just a bad guy too. I hadn't heard him really speak before very much, very often, and I saw him with his acceptance, hey, Hillary, thanks for making me vice president speech down in Florida, and I thought he was good. I thought he was good there. He looked good. He sounded good. He was happy. He was upbeat. But up close and down personal, bad guy. Real bad guy. And then, uh, you know, he's up against Pence, who is, you know, the uh, all-American TV uh, Transformers uh, president, a guy on TV that could be play the president. But, uh, yeah, you know, I like Mike Pence and everything, but uh, when it all comes down to it, I found myself saying, uh, yeah, man, I like what Mike Pence is saying. And then I remembered he was saying it for uh, Donald the Douche Trump. And that hurts. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, uh, if you're selling out for that now, what are you going to do later? What are you going to do later if you're selling out for that now? It just this presidential election has been, continues to be, and will forever be absolutely unbelievable what has happened and what's going to happen. I mean, if you think that it's all going to go away and be better after the election, <laughs> uh, Man, oh man, do I have news for you. Do I have news for you. All right. That's it. I can't take it anymore. Thank you. Let's talk about the future a little bit, shall we? The real future. The real future. With robots and invisible TV screens. Yeah, that's right. At the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, Panasonic uh, revealed the invisible TV prototype OLED screens turns into transparent glass when not in use. It is cool. I want one right now. It is really cool. It looks like a glass pane in a sliding door, but you push the button, poop, television screen, poop, poop, shuts off, invisible, poop, really cool. I want one. I want one. The other thing that was unveiled at the electronics show, uh, yeah, that's correct. The uh, rollable 18-inch TV screen. Come on now. Who doesn't want that? Roll it, put it in your pocket. 
Roll it up. Really, really cool. Now, they're hoping to get that on phones and stuff. When are they going to start? Two shows now on television. Uh, which ones? The the one show, Second Second Chance, which I believe season two is coming around probably in another thousand years. But season one was really good. If you haven't had an opportunity to watch it, you can catch it. It's up on Hulu. Uh, Second Chance, it's called. But in that show, the people who are uh, the portrayed as the head of the great uh, almighty um search engine company i forget what they call themselves on the show but they're supposed to be you know google uh they have an invisible uh, like a clear phone uh, just a piece of glass phone i want one and there's a new show now there's another show that has one that has the glass phones uh when do we get those when do we get those okay set it down it's just a piece of glass Pick it up. There's your apps, phone, everything. We know that we can do that, right? We see we see the the glass that you can put in houses and homes and stuff that for the glass screens. I want it as a phone. Come on now. Why don't I have that? Why? I need to have that right freaking now. Another thing that's happening, right? Uh, City and Live Nation launching virtual reality concerts. I'm telling you. The future is is bright for that, right? I mean, that's what they're doing. They want to push the boundaries that technology evolves. But virtual reality concerts. Slap the glasses on, you're going to be at the show. And that's kind of what uh, Hastings was talking about from Netflix on the theaters not really uh, not really introducing anything new, being, being that oligopoly that they are. How do you say the word again? Oligopoly. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what they are, according to Hastings. That's what the theater people are. No question about that. Now, one of the coolest things uh, that uh, was set up, of course, I saw a story also. Before I tell you the coolest thing that happened, that's coming, and it's actually a million dollar idea, and I want to open one here in the United States of America, and I may be the one to open it. You may see a grand opening in Dallas, Texas. Before I tell you that story, in New York, they had the kiosks that were Link NYC. And so yeah, they had them set up. They got them set up uh, around the city. And you can plug it in. You can search the Internet. You can charge your phones. And you do all you want there, right? Okay. And you were, and uh, they had 400 Internet kiosks installed around the city. Okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. Big surprise. Uh People just plugged in, and that's where they watched the internet, and they stayed there and watched porn, and they just lived there at the at the internet connection kiosk. <laughs> what? People aren't just stopping by for a few minutes to charge their phone and check their email and move on? You mean other guys are just coming by and using the internet for porn and hanging out on the street by themselves? No. I won't hear of it. Well... They can't anymore now because we've just gone ahead and cut the internet browsing from that kiosk. Oh, yeah, you can come by and plug, charge your phone up, but uh, there's not going to be any internet surfing. Uh, we're tired of, uh, you can watch the porn somewhere else, please. It's agonizing. Now, the British entrepreneur that opened the sex cafe in Switzerland, remember? Remember? Coffee and a, and a personal experience with the female waitress under the table okay in london he's opening one with robots 
Sex with a robot and a cappuccino, hundred bucks out the door. Huh? Come on now. That has to happen in the United States of America. Has to happen. It's happening in London and not in America. Are you kidding me? Sex robot will always be pleasing and could even become better at technique because they would be programmable to a person's need. Huh? You have the regular customers come back. Yes, I'd like Monica programmed to uh, the last one we talked about. The cafe will also sell pastries, of course. That's a good way to start the morning. Eight different robots dressed for a number of characters will be employed. Uniforms are going to be worn. Nurse, police, student, secretary. A body businessman plans come on hot on the heels of the sex doll czar. Matt McMullen's plans to create sex bots as real humans with a pulse. Yeah, they already have that. I mean, they've set up the the electronic heart and it heats up and it warms and it beats in the in the in the robot. So it's all you know feels humanish. But I mean, do you really need to have it feel humanish? You know, you stop by, you wake up, you're a little tired. You stop by, get a French vanilla cappuccino. Monica the robot under the table. It's time to go to work. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. A state of limited competition in which a market is shared by a small number of producers or sellers. Oligopoly. Oh, oligopoly. Hurricane Matthew has made landfall uh, in South Carolina, but it's still raging up the east coast of the United States of America. It's uh, sustained winds now 75 miles an hour. It's still a Category 1. Uh, still flooding and damaging, still going on. All all uh, indications are that it's going to uh, head up the coast and then uh, skirt back out into the Atlantic and circle back around, uh, back around toward the Bahamas and Florida. Um, by the time it gets back around there, it'll be a minor tropical storm. I guess it could uh, uh, re-energize itself back into a hurricane, although those waters, there's another hurricane uh, out there already that'll be chopping up the top high level winds and he's already gotten done chopping up those whole waters uh, for strength so uh doubtful that he'll re-strengthen but it's very possible uh, very possible so those of all of you that have been in the path and are upcoming in the path uh, our prayers are with you and remember that mercury1.org mercury1.org you can go there and help in any way you can we have responders on the ground uh, heading out there as we talked to uh, Reverend Ron Davidson earlier earlier this morning. Uh, and they are ready to go. So mercury1.org. Um, just a reminder, a uh, quick, little, uh, quick little joke to take with you this weekend, okay? Um, kindergarten class goes on a field trip to the police station, and they saw the pictures tacked up on the bulletin board. And uh, it said the 10 most wanted. And one of the kindergartners pointed at the picture and asked, is that really a photo of a wanted person? Yes, said the policeman. The detectives want him very badly. The little Sammy looked at the police officer and shook his head and said, um, Mr. Police Officer, uh, 
Why didn't you keep them when you took their picture? Have a great week. Thanks for going along for the ride. Lawrence Jones standing by. And don't forget, no one told you yet, you look great today. I mean that. You look fantastic, even though you probably shouldn't wear that all day. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.